Hello, I'm Marcus Morquet, and you're listening to the Churchill Fellowship Interviews, a series of recordings from my 2018 adventure traveling across the USA researching makerspaces and digital technology in schools. Yeah, so one thing that we really that we really know about the future of education is that in the real world, content isn't siloed into these separate areas or departments. Um, but schools have typically been set up that way. And so along our process to try to create more interdisciplinary learning, we really needed to get creative about how we foster opportunities for teachers from different grade levels, different content areas to work together um, to develop these projects. So um, when figuring out how to do that, of course, we asked the teachers, which seems sort of obvious. Um, but if you're not sure what to do, ask the teachers, usually the way to go. Um, and the teachers really shared with us that the main, the main barrier was time together. So not everyone's prep period lines up. Obviously, teachers already have a lot on their plate. Um, so um, the teachers did share that the one time that they often have a little extra time is in the summer, but teachers don't generally interact with other teachers during the summer quite as much. And so um, we developed Summer Innovation Grant Program where um, teachers from different grade levels, different subject areas, if they had a um, interesting idea for an innovative project with 21st century learning, um, that they could apply for a grant and we'll pay them the equivalent of um, two days of work to get together for about 15, 16 hours during the summer and develop a project to implement with students the following year. So we really wanted teachers Teachers to feel like um, we we're supporting them with the time, but that we were also recognizing that they are skilled professionals and their time is valuable, and so they should be um, compensated for their time um, to do this extra work. Um, and the this program has been the single best uh, investment of innovation funds that our school has ever made. So this is our fourth year of the program. We have uh, between 10 and 15 projects that come out every year, but um, the projects live on year after year after year. So I, gosh, I haven't counted them all up, but I'd say we probably have over 30 really innovative interdisciplinary projects in cooperation between different content areas and grade levels going on as a result of this um, program. And we just got our applications for this summer, and we have um, nine or ten more projects going to be happening next year. So, so what happens? The teachers put the applications in, and then how does, that, how does the process work? Yeah, so um, we have an application process where the teachers describe the project, um, the learning goals, um, how the project relates to our school's mission um, and our school's core values, and then all of those applications are reviewed by our director of teaching and learning, um, myself, and the rest of the administrative team. And we really strive to fund all good ideas. And so far, they've all been really good ideas. Um, so we review them, and then we let the teachers know before the end of the school year um, that their project has been accepted. Um, it's up to them to arrange the time in the summer. They sometimes meet at a coffee shop or um, up at school or on their patio or wherever they want to work together. Um, and then they submit some deliverables um, at August in-service. They execute the project the following year with students, and then, of course, we create the opportunity for every innovation grant group to present their project to the rest of the faculty so that we can all be inspired by the amazing work that our colleagues are doing. Um, well, our badging program was started by a couple of our innovative teachers, so I think all of us in education know that 
brilliant, innovative teachers are the secret sauce to everything. Um, so we um, have two innovation and technology labs on our campus with various tools. And we wanted to come up with a way for our students to be able to demonstrate uh, and celebrate their learning on all these different tools. And also a good way for um, all of our teachers to be able to see what skills the kids had learned, what skills they were learning, and what skills they might be able to apply to interdisciplinary projects. Um, so um, there's lots of great stuff online about badging. We didn't invent it all from scratch. We did a lot of research and Googling and um, looking at how other schools and organizations are doing it. Um, and our teachers developed um, different skill badges for each tool in our innovation technology labs um, and a set of sort of demonstrations that a student could do to prove their um, adequacy with the tool and that they knew all the safety procedures um, and that they could really use it um, independently without needing you know, a lot of hovering type of supervision because we really want to encourage student autonomy. So they developed badges for everything from um, using the sewing machine to laser cutting to hot gluing and everything in between. Um, and um, when the students feel confident in a skill, they can demonstrate it to the teacher. And uh, if they're successful, they'll be presented with a badge. Um, and we a also- A real badge, an a, actual badge. A real badge. I mean, you have to have a real badge. Yeah. So we have a mini button maker, which is very motivating. Um, but we also try track all the student badges on our shared school OneNote so that any teacher can look and see um, in each grade level which skills the, the students have acquired so they can get good inspiration for projects. So once our teachers saw our students with their badges, they got a little envious and wanted to know how they could get those cool badges as well. So um, we've had a couple of uh, professional development days this year where our innovation technology teachers have designed opportunities um, for our teachers to earn badges too, which you guys got to experience a little bit this morning. We did, yes, brilliant. Yeah, so um, this project actually started from a summer innovation about five years ago. Um, at that time, I was um, the technology teacher in the middle school, and the fifth and sixth grade science teacher approached me, and um, she said she, she taught weather every year, um, and that she found that um, one thing that the students struggled with um, was layers of the atmosphere and really understanding um, how that all worked um, and how it contributed to weather. And so um, she wanted to come up with some new way to do that. We didn't know what that way was going to be. Um, we brainstormed for a while and uh, we found online people sending these high altitude weather balloons up to near space. And we thought, well, we would really like to do that. But we have no idea how you go about doing that. So we um, applied for a summer innovation grant so that we could take some time in the summer to figure that out. And uh, we did a lot of research. We found some local um, hobbyist high altitude ballooners. Um, we found a, a professor um, who does this type of work with college students. Um, and we did quite a bit of research and um, developed the opportunity for the students in sixth grade to, uh, in technology class, they soldered um, their own flight computers and their sensors, um, and they programmed the flight computers and sensors. Um, and in science class, they built the satellites that would carry um, the um, computers and sensors up through the atmosphere, and they also designed um, their experiments that they were going to um, send up to see how things changed as the balloon uh, rose and sank through the different levels of the atmosphere. And at the first time when we developed this project, actually, it was before we had the collaborative nature of the lab. So I had tech class, she had science class. We could never really work together um, at the same time. So it was really like 
they came to tech and we did this part, and then I told her what we did, and then they went to science and did this other part. Um, but as I explained a few minutes ago, um, over the years we've changed the structure, and so this project has repeated every year, and now that the um, science teacher and the tech teacher actually have the opportunity through our new format and schedule to work together in the same room, it's really been a game changer for the project. Um, so now we have a different science teacher and a different tech teacher than we had um, when we developed the project, but they've carried it on and made it even better. So this year they revamped the project and um, they started using Raspberry Pi computers and sensors. Um, they had the students um, design their own satellites. So we have all different shapes of satellites from a camouflage cheetah bin to a pyramid uh, to a pig satellite named Pork. Um, and so just last Friday, um, the students all drove out to eastern Washington, and at dawn, they, um, they launched their satellites attached to two high-altitude weather balloons. Um, the balloons rose to nearly 90,000 feet in the atmosphere, and they were gathering data the whole time. Um, the students depending on their experiment, had different um, sensors and data collection devices from Geiger counters to uh, cameras, infrared sensors. Um, some of them were even had audio recorders to see what different layers of the atmosphere sound like. Um, and the, those collected data, um, the balloons at a certain point pop, there is a parachute attached, they fall back to Earth, and we had GPS tracking devices on them so that once they were back in Earth, the um, students were at mission control tracking them while uh, the teachers went on the hunt um, and did some uh, pretty, good, pretty good hiking and climbing to find the balloons, brought them back to campus. Um, and just yesterday, they started exporting all the data off of the satellites to see what they have found out. Um, so this is just, as you can imagine, a much more engaging and authentic way for students to learn about layers of the atmosphere rather than you know, reading about it in their science textbook. So this is just one example of the amazing projects that teachers can do when they're given the time and the support to, to go for some of those kind of ideas that might seem a little crazy from the beginning. That's an amazing idea. Adrian, I want you to gaze into this crystal ball in my hand. Can you see it right <laughs> That's here? a beautiful Have crystal they? ball. I agree. You've never seen one like that. Can you, can you paint a picture <laughs> for me? What does this school look like in five years? Where are we going with this school? Yeah, that's a really great question. So I think any school faces the challenge of there's certain things that really are unique to your school um, that have been parts of your school for a really long time. And we never want to lose the things that our school holds very dear. And we really want to make sure that we're always staying true to the core values of our school. Um, at the same time, we are always innovating and um, you know the future is always changing, the world is always changing, and we have to keep up with that. So we have a lot of aspirations for the future of our school. I think that right now, um, some things that our teachers are really excited about, um, obviously, is interdisciplinary learning. So we've made some big strides on breaking down those silos between departments, but um, we have teachers here with some very innovative ideas about ways that we could be looking at non-traditional school schedules um, to better support interdisciplinary learning and project-based learning for our students. Um, and grading is another, another um, aspect that I think we're going to see a lot of innovation on in the next five years is really as we, as we think about what we really value as a school, are we 
assessing the things we really value and are we providing assessment to the kids that is really helpful in their growth and development. So um, in five years, if you came back, um, I'd really be excited to see what does our schedule look like in five years? What does our grading system look in five years? Um, and and just the, the amazing teachers we have here and their bravery and their enthusiasm for collaboration is great. So, um, you know, our teachers would like to have some walls between classrooms removed and have sliding walls where they could open and close them. Um, our teachers would like more flexible learning spaces. I mean, one thing our community really wants is, is more, more ways for people in different grade levels, different departments to come together and, and work together. So we're just hoping that we can, um, that our facilities, you know, our furniture, um, our school design, our schedule, and our, and our grading system can all continue to evolve to support those goals. Adrian, thank you very much for the tour today and meeting your school. It's been an amazing experience for all of us here to offer our Jan to be here today. So thank you very much for joining us today and uh, good luck. Thank you so much. We're honored to have you visit. And, you know, there's some great stuff going on in Australia as well. So hopefully we can um, return the favor and, and come see what you all are doing as well. I'm especially excited about the sustainability yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the agriculture that you guys are, are yeah, doing and yeah. the environmental focus. So right. I think we have a lot to learn from you as well. Good on you. Thanks, Adrian. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Churchill Fellowship Interviews. You can find the complete series at radiocarum.org.